Kerry, you want to start? Mike, this was an interesting game. Obviously not. You know, because you start. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. Welcome uh, to this late night post game podcast. Uh, your whole crew with you, and, and actually, we have a special surprise for you uh, for everyone that has been going on iTunes and complaining uh, that someone is not part of the post of uh, the pod the uh, post game podcast. Uh, we welcome in a man who's been I'm told very jealous of the intro to this show because of the wedding crashers element. Uh, Joshua McQuistion joins us from his home base. Welcome, Josh. You're on the post game show. Fine. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm really excited to finally be here. Love the intro, really do. Um, the uh, I have to ask though, Carrie, did you stumble through that just kind of as an homage to me? I mean, was that just kind of a little tribute? I, why would you say that? Because I stumble through this shit sometimes. It just happens. You what think I like I was missing you, and I said if I put this in there, it'll make me less of a, a horrible human being. That- <laughs> Josh is not allowed to be part of the post game podcast. No, no. Is I'm that not... how it played out in your mind? Because I no. assume that it sounds like that's how it did. Okay. See, I-, I can already hear it. This is this is new. I'm new ground. Clearly, it's a test to your carry that I deal with at the late night pod. So I'm going to be ready for it. Okay. Actually, that's not true because I have started drinking my Coupe uh, Alehouse uh, Oktoberfest. Eddie's way I... ahead of me right now. I didn't on his F5 IPA. Uh... During the midweek, I finally had a coupe ale when I was back in Oklahoma last week. Really? So yeah, yeah, I had uh, had several of them actually. So uh, got into that pretty good uh, one night. So it really enjoyed. It was F five is what we yep. were we that's, were drinking, and that was that was good stuff. For that's sure. my shit. I'm drinking one right now. I, I had a buddy that was making like a beer old fashioned with him. Like he was kind of it mix. I'd never had it before, but it was damn good. And then we, you know. Drank a couple just on their own as well, so Damn, it, it was good. I'm going to have to get the recipe on that. that it was, was legit. It really was. I'm a big old-fashioned guy, so that was it was good stuff. Well, the Sooners went at 66-33 to over Baylor. We also welcome in Bob Prisbillo, who is with us, uh, has finished off his riding for the night. Bob, uh, you want to catch us up real quick on uh, what we've got on the site uh, from you after the game tonight? Yeah, I looked at a couple storylines to follow. One, obviously, the incredible afternoon of Kyler Murray towards the 24 hours before the game with the rumors swirling, his gambling addiction, he's missing what? class. Like, all the <laughs> stuff. Gambling addiction? Like, all that stuff that was out there in the last 24 hours, and he just missed the first years, and then he just absolutely takes over. And then for the second story, we uh, looked at the baby steps made by the defense and perhaps emergence of a couple playmakers. You shut your mouth. Mike and Stoops should be fired after Trey this Trey Brown and Caleb Kelly really came up big, and that's a sign that when you have depth and you trust them, those sort of things can happen where guys look fresh, they don't look beat up, they don't, don't look tired, they're not hurt, and they show exactly what they can do. 
We should probably have a sponsored segment, uh, like where if Josh, you want to be a part of the podcast all the time, I'll put you to work. Uh, you should have to do like the message board report after every oh. post game. Ooh, I like that. Like, what's the what's the report on the boards? Because I mean, to be honest, as soon as the game is over, the press conference. Here's like my schedule is: I rush back to my car, which is across all the way across campus. Because uh, that's where my par- I like my parking space. I'm not complaining, my calc. Uh, but I need exercise, so it's good. But I, if the traffic's not bad, I get home. Then we do the uh, my post game show on on the sports animal. Uh, then we set up for this one, and now we're doing. So I really haven't had a chance to look at the boards. I'm curious what the what the take is right now. The temperature. It, it really, I think it's really been kind of level headed so far. I think a lot of people, but they're torn because you get into this conversation of. Yeah, they gave up 33 points. They gave up 500 yards. Like, there's all these things. But at the same time, a lot of that those points and yards came long after the game was decided. Came against a lot of backups there, you know, kind of later in the game. Which pissed but Mike Stoops off, by the way. Uh, he, oh, yeah. He took a shot at Baylor in the postgame, if you want to hear it real quick. Sure, fire. You know, overall, the pressure was good. Coverage was good for, for most of the night. There's a couple third downs I thought we broke down. But, but overall, I thought our guys competed well and... You know, it was a typical Big 12 game, another 100 snaps. And, um, you know, they they kept throwing it and throwing it. They, they didn't want to leave, I guess. They must like it here in Norman. So, and I said, we're going to keep blitzing then. You want to keep throwing it? We're going we're gonna to keep coming after you. So I thought that was a little, you know, a little different there at the end and on a fourth down. But, you know, so be it. What do you want to say was I thought that was bullshit. Yeah, that, I you think that's tell. exactly what he was saying, and everybody on the sidelines was we saying all that as well. Which is, it's Get stupid. this goddamn thing over. Like Lincoln Riley, what was it? Second down when he took a knee on yes. the other end before they got the ball back. And yes, started he did. Throwing it everywhere. So it's second down. He takes a knee. Then they like, oh well, we're not going to run. It's like I don't know if they screwed up their clock management. I know it wasn't even close. Then they ran the the third down play, and then they kicked the field goal. Uh, and then you thought, okay, well, Baylor's going to get the ball back, and just let's let's just th- show some mercy, get this thing over with, and move on. Uh, and it was just Baylor just dropping back and throwing and dropping back and throwing against the well, backups. And surely, did Mike send a message to Caleb Kelly because he damn near killed Charlie Brewer and all that? And Lincoln that, Riley what, didn't what is, show what any. What is Brewer even doing on the field at that point? Lincoln Riley showed no remorse for that hit against Charlie Brewer. As like, as as well, he shouldn't. Yeah, Who cares? Literally said that that's football. Yeah, that's yeah, the opposing please. quarterback. I had no problem with that. I don't mean to make that sound bad on Caleb Kelly at all. No, no, but, I mean, no. That that was serious. That was one of the questions asked. Is were were you concerned about Brewer? It was funny though. Caleb Kelly's out there playing like it's the goddamn Super Bowl in the fourth <laughs> quarter. I mean, what is he that? was flying around. What is the uh, Rob Deerdeck? What does he call that? A scorpion? I don't know. Like when you like when you're on your skateboard. And you hit the ground, and your head hits first, like head and neck, and then your your oh, legs come up from behind you. Reference, like I love Rob Deerdeck. I'm sorry, I I watch I will watch uh, Rest that in stupid peace show big. all the time. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, big say, big black Robin Christopher big, big black anytime. Boykin died. Um, but no, that was like it was like a scorpion, like in in the skateboard world when when Caleb Kelly hit Charlie Brewer. Check it out. I know Eddie sent out a nice gif. Nice gif of, of, of that one. Yeah, it was really good. He played really well, and I'm sure we're going to get into it, but that is interesting. It's an interesting spot for them to be in. I mean, shit, if he plays like that, you got to figure out a way to get him on the field. And I know it was 
quote unquote scrub time, but but Curtis Bolton was second in the team in tackles, and he led oh, at halftime I, with ten. I'm not saying take Curtis but Bolton. I'm off just the saying field. you're going to get it started, Eddie. But it wasn't even scrub time. He played. It almost wasn't the right. Half. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, they basically said, look, and I mean, I'm I'm sure a lot of it was the fact that they played 87 snaps of very physical football last week. Yeah, I was surprised. Like I was just waiting for like Kenneth Mann was out in the game. Uh, that was a surprise to even us. Ben Powers was out. That had kind of been thrown out there a little bit. Uh, I'll give it up to Red Zone a little bit. I'm not even going to talk about the meltdown that happened Friday night because uh, I, I think a, we're all over. I mean, Friday night meltdowns are not my favorite thing in the entire world. But. And I knew it was going to be just something just ridiculous. Like uh, when I first heard that it was you know missing some practice time, my first thought was, well, it's going to be a stupid suspension. Like it's not even going to matter, but everybody's going to lose their minds because. It had gotten to the point where once it got out there, there was nobody I could confirm it through. I mean, they didn't... And I actually went up to Joe Castiglione after the game and lodged a complaint. Like, it was like a fan lodging a complaint to Joe Castiglione. I just said, Joe, this secrecy stuff is out of control. When you have multiple people being announced as starters that are wearing street clothes, like, why does there have to be so much secrecy? Why can't someone know that this is the starting lineup, you know, a few minutes before the game or something. It made, I mean, a couple of hours. It made no sense. They're doing the love and, starting line. You have Kyler, you have Ben, you have Kenneth. Then you see Ben and Kenneth in sweatpants yes. going to the coin toss. It's just so stupid. It, the coin toss was the strangest thing, too, because as, as Lincoln Riley referenced, you have... Yes, five captains. You have five captains. Rodney Anderson wasn't even... I don't even know if he's... His knee is... He's having to... He can't come on the sidelines. No, they don't want him on the sidelines. Okay, that it's makes a, sense. After you have your surgery... Yeah. And you're just getting over... That makes sense. You know, the, the trauma involved there, they don't want you anywhere near... That makes perfect sense. And the then, possibility uh, of getting You hit. have Kenneth Mann and Ben Powers out there that aren't even in uniform. Uh, they're just wearing their jersey tops. And it was just... It was so strange. They have five captains, and there's only two that can play, and one's a kicker. I barely arrived by kickoff because I was dealing with Friday night customer service issues still... Leading up to the game, Josh can fill you in on this because uh, he was getting the emails that I was sending out. But who took out Kyler Murray's jersey for the coin toss? Yeah, I was really disappointed. Because Orlando Brown wasn't there. Yeah, I was really disappointed they didn't uh, show Kyler Murray the same. <laughs> the He's same. not a captain. Somebody taking out a number yeah, one jersey. He He's, He's not, not a captain. captain. Yeah, but he was suspended for you know, bullshit reasons or whatever. I mean, Suspended for a series, which... I'm going to be honest. I think it's hilarious that people get so triggered that it was just a series. Like, oh, well, what's he learned from that? Oh, I've got your I've got your Monday hot takes that I'm ready to. Okay, Perfect. let's first off, let's hear from Lincoln Riley talking about uh the suspension. Can we even call it a suspension? <laughs> I, I feel like I feel the, ridiculous the calling sitting, it a suspension. The sitting down, the sitting, sitting down, down of someone. Yeah, the 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 series off whatever here he is he played good you know he handled the situation before the game well didn't freak out like I'm sure the rest of America did um, you know well, it was just was what it was and uh, was, that's what we talked about after after it happened was hey here's the deal 
we got to get past the disappointment. Of course, he was disappointed, um, and but he but he handled it well, played very well. Uh, really saw the field, you know, continues to throw the ball, especially down the field, so well. And uh, and then a couple times when we, you know, when they did get some pressure, things weren't there. You know, you saw a little bit of the, you know, the juice that he has. You know, it's it's pretty unique. So um, yeah, obviously played well. He's growing. Um, you know, it was his best performance so far. Were you what disappointed, Lincoln? What, did, what, what is the situation? I mean, what, when didn't he start? He uh, set his alarm wrong on uh, Thursday night. Um, was with his mom, um, and mom was in town, and they were spending some time together, and just set his alarm wrong. And we have a policy: we practice here on Friday mornings. We have a policy that if you're late to that practice, if you're a starter, you don't start. If you're a guy that we're dressing, then you don't travel. So it's just a policy. It, it's something we stick by. Um, you know, wasn't anything egregious. wasn't any a big issue. wasn't a huge issue behind our walls. I mean, we knew Austin was going to play the first series, and then Kyler was going to go from there. You disappointed he put you in that position to have to make. That no, choice. I mean, things a little bit. This things happen. You know, if it happens any other time during the week, you just do it. You know, you probably, you know, run a guy a little extra, move on. But that's just a big policy that we've had with that doing that morning practice the way we do it. So, no, I'm not disappointed. I mean, it's there's two different kinds of mistakes. There's there's egregious ones that are intentional. You know what? Sometimes I set my alarm wrong too. You know, and uh, it happens. It happened. We dealt with it. Move on. It was not a very big deal. Like I said within these walls at all. What time do you practice on Friday mornings? Um, 7.30. I know you said it's if not, it wasn't the most egregious mistake, but how late do you have to be to that practice? <laughs> I'm not going to. He was not very late. It was not a big deal. I, but I'm not going to I'm not going to give a play by play on it. You know, it's he was he was late enough that it didn't affect any of our preparation, but late enough that we needed the you know, that that policy went into effect. So we do have some uh, further digging. Let us know exactly what happened to Kyler Murray's alarm clock and how off it was. Kyler, what'd you do with your alarm? Did you set it for PM instead of AM? Or? <laughs> I wish, but no, no, uh, no, um, no. It's just an hour later. Boom. I mean, I guess the A's was he? A's was did he? Does that God mean he showed up? But yeah, stop with you, stop being Josh over there for sorry. two seconds, sorry, will you? Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, it like did he? show up an hour late to practice because his alarm was out or does he get up like two hours normally before practice and he just got up one it's i'm not gonna say i'm not buying it but i might not be buying it <laughs> i mean and i really don't think if it really was a big deal like i think that riley's not out here running a renegade program or whatever i i think that it was definitely something that was within means but i don't know if i'm buying that it was all good and well as as they're, as they're trying to smooth it over. All right? about having your mom come, you know, coming into town and spending a nice evening and forgetting to set your clock correctly. Yeah, I guess. I, I you don't know my, you want to know my Colin Coward hot take? Oh, your theory? You, oh, you yes. Theory? Yes. Someone tell me why does Ky- does Kyler Murray not have any friends on the team that care about him. <laughs> oh yeah, that would great. get upset that he is not awake and where he's normally supposed to be at practice. It's almost like the uh, it's like the uh, NFL draft movie. What was the name of that movie with Kevin Costner? I never saw that. Draft day. Draft, draft day. day. When uh, they said that no one called the Callahan guy on his birthday that was supposed to be the number one quarterback from Nebraska or whatever, or his teammates didn't come to his birthday party or something like that. 
Maybe he's just a loser. But the thing about it is, is none of this matters because Kyler Murray has already got a professional baseball contract. Yeah, like, and- you can't sit him down and say, oh, this is going to look really bad for the NFL scouts. No. Like, like I'm good. The, I don't, I don't yeah. play that sport. He's like, suck I already got drafted. I already I'll do got what drafted. I want. That's basically what he did. And, you know, I will note that uh, this has happened before. I think he, uh, he was supposed to start a baseball game during the regular season and missed uh, batting practice and showed up late. So, I mean, it is what it is. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, I would imagine he'll be there an hour early on Friday this week. Before they go down to Dallas, but uh, <laughs> I mean, when he did arrive, though, and after they uh, they got on the field, that was well, after they muffed the punt. After the muff punt, that was I. I mean, we keep coming back here and saying it, and I don't want to say that he's Baker by any means, but that was as good as anything Baker ever did on the field. Is that a hot take? Uh, I don't know that ba- that Baker has ever faced a defense. That is that has that shitty of speed in the in the secondary. That's true. Like, C.D. Lamb should not be able to outrun an entire defense. I mean, this, I love C.D. Lamb. He's a great he's player. Just not, he's not that. He's not Marquise elite. Brown. Like right. Marquise Brown looked like the fastest human that's ever lived on this planet when he was running that one long touchdown. Have you guys watched the video of C.D. Lamb's touchdown yet? Have you gone back and like really looked Just at it? Just the replays. It? I haven't had a chance to do that yet. When you do it, watch that safety. I heard people talking about he, this. He, yeah, he doesn't really go for C.D. Lamb. He runs to the block. It was the. It was a. I. I don't know if I just didn't understand what he was thinking, but it looked like the dumbest play I'd ever seen. Like he had a chance to at least force C.D. to change direction. And instead, he just goes straight to the block, and CD just runs upfield, and it was you know it was go- it was done from there. Yeah, a lot of people were talking about that play as if it was you know something really weird happened. Um, but yeah, I mean it was it was a strange play, and it worked out in OU's advantage. But I mean, Lee Morris runs down the middle of the field. I mean, it was just an onslaught. That secondary for Baylor is awful. Yeah, they're not very good. Uh, the Murray. A couple of those balls, though, that he threw today were just... I mean, the ball to Marquise Brown down the sideline on the east side of the stadium was a perfect throw. I think it was like a 30-yarder. 40-yarder. 40 40-yarder. Yep. Mm-hmm. You got uh, it. The, the throw to Calcaterra, I mean, that was a hell of a grab. And I, it's going to be interesting to see what's wrong with Grant moving forward, but that was a hell of a throw. Uh, oh. The the out route to uh, just hitting C.D. Lamb. I mean, remember in the first couple weeks, or I guess it was just the first game against Florida Atlantic, he was a little hesitant on those little screen and bubble plays. I don't know if he's missed a throw like that. We'll have to wait for the uh, pro football focus stuff to come out, but I don't think he's missed that throw in two or three, four weeks. Yeah, the only one was Jalen Robinson late. Yeah, and that went off. His, did that go off his hand? It went off his hand. It, it was sort of high. I yeah. don't know. I don't know how they're going to grade it, but yeah, he was right on the money, and that's actually the only reason why I can't say it was like Baker at Texas Tech. A lot of these were short passes. And those guys just did a lot of running. That good blocking downfield made really nice cuts, and those fifth, those uh, fifteen yard gains between they became 40, 50, 60, and just a highlight reel after highlight reel with the with the touchdowns. All right, it's early in the it's early in the podcast. Uh, we're gonna get to a point though where we're gonna start talking about a lot of individuals. So let's uh, go to this. Eskridge Lexus is all about embracing the best. That's why they are the official travel partner of the Soonerscoop.com podcasts. So it's time for us to recognize the Sooners best with our Eskridge Lexus Player of the Game. 
I, we could be split on this thing today. Uh, Josh McQuiston is now with us, and uh, he it pretty much summed up a lot of our sentiments during the game today with his tweets about Trey Brown. I don't know if it's enough to be the player of the game, but damn, he was nice today. I mean, Josh, I don't know what it looked like on television. You weren't there, I know, but... Um, that's my line. line. That's uh, my line. I, I like that Damn line it. a lot. Damn it, my line. Uh, but in person, like, we just haven't seen a guy with that burst break on the ball like he did today. And we knew no. he had that, but it, 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 to see it actually on a college football field, like, you, we don't see that from Buki. We don't see that from, you know, Trey Norwood. It, it, it was shocking to see it at times today. OU apparently needs to recruit more dudes to the last name Brown. Like, those guys just look faster than everybody else. Like, I don't know how to explain it. But, you know, though Trey, like I said, the thing I love about him is, you know, the play that I think caught a lot of people's attention was that late one with Chris Platt, who can absolutely fly in his own regard. Yep. And he, he breaks up that pass. And then you've got the early in the game when he, he really gets a hand in on Denzel Mims and breaks up another play that was go- was going to be a big game for Baylor. Like, he's the only guy in that secondary that can do both. He can run with whoever you want to run with, and he can be physical if he needs to. I mean, he's – and you watch him over and over again. He looks like the guy that if they were going to move somebody to safety, he should have been moved to safety. He tackles well. You rarely see him give up yards after the catch. I mean, he's – he is clearly right now the best player in that secondary. And that's what was so con- so confusing because he had four pass breakups, and then he doesn't – even play to start the second half. They went back with Motley and Norwood. I don't know if it's a coincidence, but that's when Baylor scored its two touchdowns to start the second half. I, I hate being that guy, but it was just so noticeably different when he's not on the field. I mean, I, I, I don't understand how if he doesn't... I, I told Dylan Buckingham from Channel 4, we were down on the sidelines uh, shooting video, and I told Dylan during the game, if if Trey Brown doesn't start in Dallas next weekend, there should be a riot. Like, OU fans should start throwing things on the field. I'm not advocating that they do, but... That, well, I mean, and can we be so clear? Different. Can we be clear about who's making these personnel decisions? Look, Lincoln does the same thing that Bob did, which is he allows... And Mike does this, too. They allow their position coaches to make personnel decisions. And yeah, so it's Cooks. It's it's Kerry Cooks that that is deciding on who's playing, and I think I don't know this, and I don't want to start some weird thing because everybody thinks that like Mike and I are like best buddies, but I don't think that he's particularly happy with the rotation that they've had at times. Like he wants to see more Trey Brown. I, I I completely think that's fair. I mean, I there's there's been multiple times that Mike Stoops has talked about Trey Brown in a life that. You don't hear him talking about guys like that very often. And it's just weird because what we keep hearing is Norwood and Motley are more consistent in practice. That's what we've been told the last couple weeks. And then with Army, Trey Trey Brown missed it anyway, so it didn't matter. But, I mean, is that what they're going to say Saturday, next Saturday against Texas? Well, Norwood and Motley were still more consistent in practice. You know what that sounds like? It sounds a lot like Hugh Jackson leaving the Cleveland game this week, being like, we're going to have to see. We'll go back and watch the tape and see who the starter is. N- no, 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 no. You know who this – Trey Brown has to be one of your starters. He just has to be. Nobody uh, – can you guys think of one play 
anybody in that secondary made today that wasn't named Trey Brown? Mm, not off the top of my head. I, I can't. I thought Khalil Houghton had a really nice big pop on a guy, the Jamichael Hasty kid. I think it was third quarter. Oh yeah, that's it was. the yeah, only was. play I can think of when I was like, okay, that, that was a nice play by somebody in the secondary. After I mean, that, Motley had a nice p- pass breakup early in the game. You're right. You're right. He did. He did. Uh, but I mean, but like I said, we're searching for it. I mean, you know what the deal is, and I, I, I just don't know how you have to look at it. But I will say, just to just to clarify for everybody listening out there, Kerry started with this with the concern about his Mike, you know, relationship. Is there Bob Eddie? I just want you to clear the air for everybody. Is Mike <laughs> sitting in the house drinking an F five somewhere right now? It sure looks like it. Okay, it I, be, I thought so. I thought Kerry was hiding this from all of us. He didn't have a up an upside down visor. Well, he did that's why he coached better this week. He kept, he kept the, the visor the correct. Kerry, you want to start? Mike, this was an interesting no, game. Not. You know, because you that's still- not Kerry. What a great sound clip. Uh, okay, so Trey Brown, we all have our man crush on him. We have forever. We've been uh, you know, championing him forever. Let's throw out some other names. Who, who are your possibilities for player of the game? I mean, shit, you have to throw in Kyler. I mean uh, that was that was an unbelievable performance. Might be today. a no brainer. By a backup, by a backup quarterback, <laughs> best backup performance in a long time. In a since long Baker time. Mayfield. That's one guy that I do feel confident they're going to bring off the bench and start him next week. So even if they don't with Trey, I feel like Kyler's going to get. In the well, I was talking to a couple people down on the field, and I think he might start next week. To be yeah. honest, Josh, he might have right. won that job, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is the kind of performance that can, you know, you can win a job from a guy like Austin Kendall. So, what? I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, Marquise Brown and Ceedee Lamb were good today, but I don't know if you can necessarily throw them in the the mix for player of the game wise. I mean, they just kind of did what they do usually. They had really right. nice days. And if you want, you know who did. One with oh, the with, with the first half, you could go Lee Morris. If you want with the second half, you could do Kennedy Brooks. But they both didn't play a com- a whole complete game. You know, another guy that deserves a mention is Ronnie Perkins. Oh man, he was really really good. It's I thought Mark Jackson had a really good game. Yeah, besides the getting to the quarterback and not being able to bring him down, but I mean that's that's he stuff did that make it, up for. But it was a it was the worst possible screw up because. He had a strip sack that was just waiting for him. Didn't strip the ball. Then he had the sack. Didn't make the sack. <laughs> Charlie Brewer gets away, runs around the... I can't even remember what happened. I think he might have ran for like four or five yards or something. But yeah, that was... Everybody talks about missed tackles all the time. That's when we're just like, wow, that's just... That's that's so uh, symbolic of what OU's gone through this year. Yeah, I was there for well, the taking. And we've talked about him being one of the few guys that you, when he gets his hands on somebody, he's going to take them down. Like he, he's going to do the work. And I, I've agreed with it completely. He just, he just whiffed on that one. So Justin Broyles did the same late in the fourth quarter. He, he had Brewer dead to rights as well. I think that happened to Bolton a time or two today too. He's another Broyles is another guy that it just seems like he's kind of in that Trey Brown, and maybe it's because he's a little bit flashier. You notice him talking after plays more, but. I just feel like when those guys are on the field, they play better. By the way, I don't think uh, that uh, Kenneth Murray ever wants to see Jermichael Hasty again on a football field. <laughs> he dropped his jock at least three times today when he would change direction. Yeah, they were over-pursuing way. Which is amazing because he had 17 tackles. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, 
but to Hasty's one of those guys, and every conference has them that like outside of the league. I don't think people really respect him. That dude's a really good player. Like he's there, like a Texas Tech running back. Over yes, there, so. there's no shame in Kenneth Murray not being able to make that tackle as often as not. I mean, most most linebackers are not going to be able to. So I mean, that, that's that's not a huge deal. But I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, he doesn't want to see that kid again. He's he's one of those guys that'll end up being an undrafted free agent. He'll make somebody's roster. So is it? We have to go. We have to name someone. It's got to be Kyler. It's got to be Kyler. I I don't know the game. It is definitely Kyler Murray. I mean, on the day, was it seventeen to twenty-one? Through four hundred and thirty-two yards, six touchdowns. What's amazing is if Trey Sermon would have scored right before uh, the quarter ended, there he would have had seven touchdown passes today. Oh shit! I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Damn. He came down at the one yard yeah. line. I keep thinking that's and he got the face mask, so it was untimed. They had two right. untimed downs. You won't see that very often. Good lord, that was that was the third quarter, right? That yes. seemed to yes. last forever. Yeah. So yeah, Kyler Murray, uh, you are the Eskridge Lexus player of the game. Kyler, uh, I know you have a lot of money. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, they got some sweet deals going on at Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Uh, you can go up there and get one of the brand new 2019 Lexus ESs. And ES Hybrid that we drove to Wichita last week. Uh, these guys will tell you, amazing vehicle. Great car. Uh, I'm sure that I would have their full blessing to buy that as my next car if they knew they were getting to go to road trips in that one. It was the most comfortable. I said this last week. It was the most comfortable armrest I've ever had in a car. Not it, to mention the Apple CarPlay. They need to put that on the commercial. It really helps with uh, bro trips. Because you can you can stream plenty room, stuff, plenty of room to be on able the to Bluetooth chill. and all yeah. that. You can watch games. You don't For have sure. to listen to music that nobody likes. Eddie used to just put in earbuds when we'd go on trips, and I was fine with that. But now we figured out that watching sports is better. Uh, so anyway, uh, give those guys a call. EskridgeLexus.com. Ed Eskridge, big fan of the podcast, uh, a big Sooner Scoop uh, guy. Uh, They've got these new uh, 2019 Lexus ES and ES hybrids, 44 miles to a gallon, uh, and you don't even notice it's a it's a hybrid. I mean, that thing has great pickup, uh, and you rarely have to. F- I mean, my car gets 30 miles to a gallon. I think it's awesome. It's a it's a little IS. Uh, 44 miles to the gallon is ridiculous. And by the way, when you uh, give Eskridge a call, uh, make sure you uh, tell them that uh, you are a listener to the Sooner Scoop podcast the unofficial 40 even and uh they will take off all the dock fees on any transaction so a lot of dealerships charge 300 to 800 dollars in in just extra just total bs fees or charges so they're family owned and operated uh big fans of the sooners big fans of the podcast so eskridgelexus.com all right so back to the post-game press conference guys uh, we talked a little bit about the defense, and let's just let's just talk about it overall. I mean, we mentioned a lot of the yards came late, uh, and 153 in the fourth. Wow! Of the uh, 400, and it ended up being over 493 total. Yes, Oklahoma had 607 total. Here's the thing, though, guys. It's another week where the defense spends a lot of time on the field. 101 snaps for Baylor, uh, and only 54 for Oklahoma. It's incredible. You're already missing Kenneth Mann. 
you wonder, is this going to take a toll on Kenneth Murray at some point? Because he's never been healthy uh, you know, for a, a big part of his career. I mean, didn't even practice most of last year. And didn't you wonder that, if it's going to catch up with OU at some point. Didn't that feel that's why Curtis Bolton didn't didn't play? It wasn't that he's like incredibly hurt. That's a good. But the more he keeps playing, the more he's going to wear down, and he's hadn't been durable at all. Now, since he's been coming, hurt the whole time. He's yeah, been at OU. since coming to Norman, and you're not going to go with Brian Mead for almost two full quarters. And so there you go. You get Kelly playing, and now we sort of see what happens here moving forward. As Riley. Has been quick to say it's a week to week thing. Should be noted too, they were without Ryan Jones today. Uh, I it, that was just such a weird deal. It's like as they're going through pregame, it's like, oh god, Kenneth Mann's not out there. Did they Ryan play Jones a Sam at all though today? Yeah, John. Yeah, John Michael Terry out there quite a bit when it looked like it was going to be a run. We we've said it before the Sam's not going to get a lot of action against Big Twelve teams, so Broyles was going to be out there. But when it was time. JMT40 was indeed there. Ryan Jones had his issues last week. There's no question. Kerry, go back and watch John Michael Terry. I saw. I only noticed him twice on tape. One time he was trying to chase Charlie Brewer, and it looked like his feet were stuck uh, in mud. It was bad. And then the other time, he got blocked almost into the brick wall right around the same time Curtis Bolton got hurt. It was the same drive uh, when Bolton got hurt up against the wall in the end zone. He got driven into Oklahoma sideline, and all I saw was just a guy flat on his back. And I was like, who is that? And I go back, and it was John Michael Terry just gotten abused. He never made a dent uh, at middle linebacker, and you wondered, you know, with that move, how is it going to play out? Because it, it did seem to be just like a body. Like, we just need a body out there. We need somebody to help practice. Uh, but you're right. I mean, when he comes into the game, my thought is – he just looks, you know, like he's running in sludge. I think I know a lot of fans were hoping Deshaun White could be that guy. That's just way too much to ask that early in his career. Well, yeah, I had somebody yeah. ask me, well, why didn't why didn't he come on when they thought Bolton was hurt? I'm like, man, that I get that there's similar positions. There's a lot of parallels, but you can't just ask a freshman to go do something he's never done before. Especially against Baylor, that's going to run all you know so many different different looks at you, and that, that just that that seems dangerous. Did we play Lincoln talking about the defense? I don't believe so. Okay, here's Lincoln no, Riley sure. with kind of his thoughts on how the defense played tonight. Lincoln seemed in the first half. Defense played really well. Probably your low point was coming out of halftime there. But just overall, Trey Brown was really a yep. factor for you today. You got some time for Caleb Kelly today. What was your overall impression of your defense? Yeah, it was good to get Trey. You know, Caleb, good to get uh, Q Overton, Tyrese Lott. Had a couple of those, you know, guys back and out there. So I thought those guys all did a good job. Yeah, really excited about how we played in the first half. You know, and excited about how we continue to harass the quarterback. You know, we've done that. You know, the majority of the year, and we're doing it with more than one guy, you know, which is, you know, that's that's big for us. It makes a big difference. So we still had, I don't know, three or four times in the pocket that we got to get him down. And we had a lot of sacks and, and TFLs, but we should have had probably double that. But we're, uh, yeah, we're growing. Not real happy about how we played there, at the, like you said, at the beginning of the third quarter. That was, the, to me, the one spot. Uh, but we continue to do some good stuff on, on fourth downs, continue to create a lot of pressure, you know, and, 
you know, we had a couple, you know, Trey had one, had a chance to pick six it there on the other side. We're, we're right on the verge of making even more big plays. So um, kind of like the whole team, kind of like the offense. We're making big plays, which is good. We're growing. We're progressing. I see some – I saw some absolute improvement from the last couple of weeks to this week, and we just got to keep building. Different yeah. Difference that we can make, though, just as far as – what we were saying a week ago during the post-game podcast and then even in, on the unofficial 40, but today they have six tackles for loss, six sacks, and it felt like they could have had at least three or four more, maybe even four yeah. or five. And here is uh, Curtis Bolton after the game talking about the pressure they were able to dial up. Uh, to be honest, it's not really frustrating like yeah. that. Uh, just to be back there, just just get pressure on them. Um, uh, one thing I, I I mean I grew up a pass rusher, so one thing my coach always taught me was you're not going to get a sack on every play, but the presence of you getting a sack is going to alter the quarterback's throw. He's gonna start he's gonna start looking he's he's gonna stop looking downfield in the future and he's gonna start looking at the rush. It it just does so much to get there. It's not very frustrating when you're not getting home all the time. As long as you're beating your man and he's flushing or he's he's looking, he's nervous, he starts getting on his toes, he starts trying to force throws in. It it, it it's not to answer your question, it's not frustrating. I think I just think we need to keep 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 getting after the quarterback. I think we did a really good job that today, and they did. I, I mean, I, I've said this all along. We talked about oh, you not really having an edge presence. They got some of that from Mark Jackson today, but you've got to give credit to Bob Diaco, obviously, uh, for dialing up pressure constantly, uh, like they did today. And really, you know, it was the Iowa State. I kind of got into a fight with Mike at, in the post game about this, like Iowa State's really the only team that kept a tight end and a running back in the backfield to max protect against some of that pressure, and that really helped them. But And it helped them get those one-on-ones down the field with Parnell Motley uh, and everybody on Hakeem Butler. But Baylor, they couldn't handle the pressure today. No, they couldn't. And I I think that's good news because we we were wondering, could they get pressure on the quarterback without really dialing up a whole lot of blitzes? And it seemed like they moved the pocket at least. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to finish, obviously, down the Cotton Bowl next week. But... It was a step in the right direction. It's kind of what you hit on, Bob, in your uh, in your story was the fact that it, they took some baby steps today, and I, I think that that's a positive from where we were a week ago when we were bitching and complaining about everything. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the six sacks, seven quarterback hurries, so that that tells you they're definitely getting there, even if they're not always making the play. The one guy that does feel like he's going to make the play whenever he's back there, it is Ronnie Perkins. I, I would venture to say he has the Mo- the least missed tackles so far this season. It seems like when he hits someone, they are going to go down. Josh, it's amazing what happens when you get some guys in there that can play a little bit, just as far as recruiting and getting just instant impact playmakers. Recruiting matters. I mean, you, you literally, that's what I was thinking about when Bob was saying it, and you led me right into it. I mean... I'm a radio professional, Josh. <laughs> that's what I do here. The, you know... The thing is, is if Ronnie can become that kind of pass rusher, then you you start putting Oklahoma's defense in some third and long. You know, they can get to third and long, third and six, third and seven, you know, obvious passing situations. Well, you can get into scenarios where you have Kenneth Mann on one side and Ronnie Perkins on the other, and if you've got Mark Jackson playing like he did today, you can create some pressure with that group. Yeah, now, it may, not sure. consist, it, it may not be like an oboe where it's going to come from the same guy time after time after time, but all three of those guys are capable of winning in the Big 12. And so I, I think you could see consistent pressure 
just being from one guy or the other guy. I want to, Josh, you'll you'll have a better idea than I, uh, just because I think it's probably easier to watch this uh, on television unfold. But Robert Barnes got in a little bit today. Uh, he got really lucky one time. Oh I yeah, remember, really lucky down the seam. And then I think that there was another time that there was a guy wide open right before halftime. I saw some people talking about it on Twitter, uh, but. That was kind of interesting, the way that they were flipping the safeties in there today. And Khalil Hofton, as you said uh, earlier, I mean, he made that play in the third quarter. And I turned to I turned to Dylan, Dylan Buckingham, and I was like, I can't believe – I seriously didn't know he could do that. You know, I thought – you know, I, I made it in the – it's in the report card from this week. I thought it was his best game of the season. I thought he actually – I didn't think he was great, but he was okay. He was solid. You know, if, if he can play closer they, to they that – They can take that, can't they? Yeah, Oklahoma can be okay if he can be that guy. Um, now, somebody told me, and I could never find it, but somebody told me that he had another one of those, oh, he's standing and watching a play happen here again kind of moment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't, I haven't seen it, so I don't want to say that happened. It just somebody mentioned, hey, you might want to go see this. So, you know, he may have one of those that Kerry can rant about the midweek pod again. But, you know, I liked what I saw from him a lot. Um, I... I thought you guys mentioned it. And I, I really didn't talk about it earlier. I thought Justin Broyles had some good moments. It, yeah. it's weird. Like I when said, when you can earlier, force another team to rip your helmet off on the sideline, you had a pretty decent day. But that's, that's the thing. My that's the thing with Broyles. He either makes the play or he looks bad. Hey, it listen, seems to be no in between. I'd rather have a guy mixing it up after a play like that than getting over there late and then you know slapping his hands because he got it because he did get over there late. You know what I mean? I tell you what, let's do this so Eddie can finish eating his pizza. I think they did. The game is over. The stats are in. Now it's time to grab a Coupe Ale Works beer and raise a glass to our play of the game. Excuse me while I finish my Oktoberfest that I am enjoying immensely tonight. I've got the Oktoberfest going. We're going to have to get, we're going to, Josh, I should have, with you in town, I should have gotten you just like a pallet of uh, Coupe to take home with you. Um, oh, I, I was with the buddy that's uh, the, the coupe ale guy, so I was. Uh, uh, you have I, a I, look I at him name well, no, dropping. That's why there was that. That's why there was it was flowing the other night. There, there was plenty of it around. So, um, and it, I got suggestions from everybody. I think the horny toad blonde is that right? I think that's the one I've been told that if I'm going to drink one, that's probably the one up my alley. Yeah, it's like so. if you've grown up drinking Bud and Coors and Miller, like. If you like that kind of style, you're used to that kind of beer, go get a horny toad blonde because it will just blow you away. It's like the best possible example of drinking just like a domestic beer. Yeah. It's fantastic. See, I you know, it's it's just a weird thing because I, I drink whiskey just straight up all the time. I do too. And, yeah. I, have, and I love it. I have no problem with it. Strong beer, it's it's just not my thing. So like, but the F five kind of surprised me because it was strong, but it was still good. I liked it. I'm telling you, if you, I mean, you're a bit, you're a whiskey guy. I'm a whiskey guy. I don't know if it'll immediately grab you, but go get the DNR next time you're around here. Okay, uh, because it it is like liquor beer. I mean, it like has so many different notes and tastes, and it's very it's very deep and I don't know, I don't have the vocabulary for it. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no. But it's just, it's really good. It's like, a, it's just a great beer to sit and sip on, like while you're watching TV and get ready to go to bed. Uh, Coop Works is a great sponsor to the post game show and to the unofficial 40. 
Uh, they were one of the first people that signed on and said, hell yeah, we want to be a part of what you guys are doing. Uh, we love everybody that's out there on social media that uh, tweets at us uh, and tags Coop Ale Works with uh, whatever they're drinking. We've had several people do that uh, before we recorded the pod today. But Coop Ale Works, they're a nine-year-old craft brewery in Oklahoma City. They got seven year-round beers, uh, four seasonals. I'm enjoying the Oktoberfest uh, tonight. Eddie's got the F5 IPA, which is his favorite. Uh, but I just I love the horny toad blonde. I love the uh, native amber. I even like the DNR. It's just kind of a a late night kind of nightcap thing. Uh, but uh, make sure you stock up your tailgate with some of Coop's uh, F5 IPA, the horny toad blonde. And remember, October first, just on Monday, you're going to be able to go uh, to your local liquor store and uh, get these right out of the fridge. Take them home cold. Don't have oh, yeah. to sit and wait for hours for them to. You don't have to like dip them in the freezer for a little bit to get them to to go quicker. So it's it's a big deal. And they got the twelve packs. If you look, uh, I know been to several places in Norman, the cellar, uh, spirit shop. Um, a lot of people have the twelve packs too. So go check it out. Big league city, big league state. But we actually have to have a, have a play of the game. Which is going to be tough because there were so many big plays in this game. Yeah. Jeez. I I don't think I... Yeah, it can't be a muff punt. I mean, obviously, that that was kind of a... I don't want to even want to say it was a turning point, but that was a, a big play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one I know mine. I'm going to go with Kennedy Brooks. Okay. His 49-yard touchdown run because... Look, for all the things that this offense does, and I understand Lincoln Riley said this after the game, like they could, you know, they allowed them to throw the ball like they did, and they tried to take away some of the run game. Trey Sermon, more times than not, has not looked like a number one back. And I think Kennedy Brooks, to me, is a guy that really is a true between the tackles runner. I think he can develop it. He still needs to get bigger, but I think he could de- develop into the best between the tackles running back on this roster. And it, the thing with Trey Sermon is he can get you big runs, but to me, Kennedy Brooks watching him tonight, I saw a guy that can go for 80 in the blink of an eye, and there's nobody like that on the roster. I put it on the board earlier. Uh, Sooner 55 was talking about it. There were a couple plays, and I'll, I'll put up the, all the video on the board. That cut that he made... In the middle of the field. He's done it twice now. He did that it against Florida Atlantic in the fourth quarter. That's like big time pro, you know, traditional running back cut that he made. When he stuck his foot in the ground and just changed direction, like that's classic traditional running back move that only really good running backs have. There were a couple plays tonight that Trey Sermon just, he, I don't want to say he doesn't hit the hole hard enough, but he kind of just. He's he, overly patient at he, times. He, he's too patient. And if that's Rodney Anderson. He breaks off a 20, 25-yard yard run, maybe a touchdown. Uh, Kennedy Brooks, though, did the same thing. He would hit the hole, and then all of a sudden he breaks through. And I, I think that that's something interesting to watch. He could he could end up being that 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 guy before it's all said and done in the backfield. And, you know, the the question marks around Marcellia Sutton continue. Uh, I don't think he even played tonight. Uh, and then you have uh, TJ Pledger. They're still trying to work him in, but yeah, he's. He, I think he might be one of those running backs that just needs carries to kind of get wouldn't, going. If wouldn't, it, wouldn't the story kind of write itself though if Kennedy Brooks went down to the Cotton Bowl, back to his hometown, oh. and had a really big day next week? Here's Lincoln Riley talking about Kennedy Brooks's role and what it could be moving forward. 
Lincoln, you expect Kennedy Brooks to be more involved moving forward? It's very possible. You know, we all, I think we all had a little bit of a hunch that once we could get him a shot or two, that I, I don't think anybody's real surprised. Um, so he, he's got a, you know, he was one of the, you ask a lot of high school coaches in the DFW Metroplex area, a lot of them say he's one of the best backs that, you know, that they ever played against. And you're talking about some coaches that have been around a long time and a great level of ball. So he's got some great skills with the ball and he's becoming a more complete player. Um, and I thought the other guys did some good things too. We were so close a couple of times on pledgers, you know, sermon a little bit. You know, they were attacking it pretty good early, and that's why some of the throw game stuff was as good as it was. But he, he had maybe the the play of the game on the the play right before the was at the end of the third quarter. That was just a huge play on the swing pass that he brought back across the field. So yeah, that group's building. Um, excited about the way they're playing. All right, I'm going to be honest. I did this for the show's good because I just thought it'd be good to bring up Kennedy Brooks. He can't be the play of the game, though. I mean, he just can't. I'm sorry. I'm, you weren't even doing it against the starters. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm going with the play we've referenced once tonight. That is the C.D. Lamb 86-yard touchdown catch. I like that. Because it's everything. Bastard. And they were, it's, they were it's backed everything. up, too. Because it was third and six. Yeah, it was. It's 28-16. Baylor just scored 10 in a row after back-to-back possessions. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And then Trey Sermon picks up the blitz to give Kyler the time. I, I mean, it was a, a complete play. That was an unbelievable blitz pickup. Just a complete play and everything that – and then Brown with the block, even if you think the safety was an idiot, Marquise was still he willing. He was blocking an idiot, yeah. <laughs> he was still willing to do it. And then Lamb, who's never going to burn people, able to go 86 yards. That was – the perfect play. So no votes for Austin Kendall? Doing what? Starting. Taking he handed it. off to Kennedy Brooks really yeah, nicely. I, mean, I could have done that. I did kind of feel bad for His him. Mom's I going to come after you on Twitter now. She's pri- she's private. She won't find it. <laughs> uh, I, I, did, I did kind of feel bad, though, because after, like, I think... I think it was after the Marquise Brown first touchdown in the second quarter, I looked over and... He had his hat back on, and it was just kind of like, uh, well, I knew I'm this shit was going to happen again. to me. Yeah. I don't know. It, it just felt it, it felt kind of weird, but uh, it was. I mean, he. I was going to say he didn't do bad, but then, I mean, he threw two balls right off off his back foot. Yeah. When that fumble happens, do you think he runs to Lincoln? And he's like, technically, we didn't change possession. Technically, we never lost a damn ball. <laughs> starts starts petitioning to get himself back in the game. He's like, that, that, like that ball is mine. Let me go. He's like, get, get, get over to the sideline. Uh, as soon as that ball left Austin's feet, you're, you're done for the day. Yeah, Thanks. You're, you're done. And you're done. All right. So our Coupe work uh, play of the game goes to C.D. Lamb. I'm not sure he's old enough to drink beer. I don't know if he's uh, 21 yet. I would think not. He's he's old enough to eat a bazooki, and he eats those things like they're going out of style. Like those things from the... Uh, from uh, BJ's. BJ's, yes. yeah. Like the, the cookie brownie with ice cream things on top of it. Freaking and let out. us not besmirch. If, we, if anybody was going to think of saying something awful about a bazooki, that is a truly delicious thing. Yeah. I've never had so, one. Oh, my God. Oh God get the Oreo. Told don't me don't about get them. one because you'll eat one every night. Get the exactly. Oreo. Uh, so, CeeDee Lamb, 86-yard touchdown reception is our Coop Aleworks play of the game. Uh, okay, guys, uh, you know, I, just looking at kind of what we haven't covered and what I kind of had planned out, um, I think 
the injuries. I mean, obviously, Kenneth Mann out today. Uh, ben Powers out today. As you mentioned uh, when we are talking about play of the game, you didn't see Marcellius Sutton do anything today, and that is interesting. It's kind of two weeks in a row he hasn't really been involved. Yeah. Uh, and then coming out of this thing, I mean, Neville Gallimore got hurt towards the end. Uh, Grant Calcaterra got hurt, came back in, then got yanked, and Ryan then went Jones. Out back in. Back in went Ryan back Jones out. Was, was not dressed Ryan out jo- today. A whole have, lot of questions. Were you going to play audio? Yeah, I've got Lincoln talking about, in particular, Ben Powers. Because I, I have a theory. And Kenneth Mann. Lincoln, what was the uh, the issues with Powers and, and Man? Are they out long term or just? We don't know. We don't know yet. We're just kind of have to see how they respond. It um, ended up not being very close for this game for either one of them. So they're obviously important pieces, but if they're not available long term, we're going to have to, you know, we're just going to have to do what we did today. We're going to have to plug holes. Guys are going to have to step in and go play. Gamesmanship. Like I think that's gamesmanship. To say he wants to make it out like they're probably not going to be back. Oh, you Texas week? I think that's they're, gamesmanship. They're starting. Yeah, I bet I'm with Eddie completely. And I'll, I'll just throw this out there. Both of those guys were very, very active on the sidelines. Like I've ben heard... Powers was the first guy out after a touchdown. Kenneth Mann was the first guy meeting defenders out on the sidelines and stuff after big plays. It just, I don't know. It it, it was kind of weird. It. They definitely weren't being labored by anything. Like, there was by not way, a, a, a leg injury or a hand injury or anything like that. Concussion? Oh. No, I, I, I can tell you Ben Powers is a knee, and it's okay. just a ding, uh, and he is expected to be back for Texas, from according to people I talked to. Okay. Uh, Kenneth, man, like, the thing is, Lincoln Carey's made broke it. broke news. <laughs> yeah. Um, it or I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, yeah. I broke some news. Um <laughs> Not on the forum, not on the sorry, message board. Uh, sorry, you did well, it on the pod. I haven't had a chance to get on the damn forums yet. because You, you did it on the pod. This, so, yeah. This is free. Fine. I'll go put it on the... Just put it on the board and they'll never I'll notice. Put it on the board and they'll never notice. They'll just bitch Until at they me hear this. And threaten to cancel. Oh, that's actually true. The take, the take three on Mondays, I have to bite my tongue a bit. Uh, so, I, the thing about that, you know, that we just played is... Like, Lincoln kind of made it out like they had similar issues. Did you not get that feeling from yes, him? Yes, well, I did. Initially, when I heard it, when, when he mentioned it in the post-game press conference, I thought, hmm, was that, that almost kind of sounded like it was discipline. Right. That I was almost about to, was it a physical issue? I was almost ready to ask because the that. way they, maybe they're responsible for getting Kyler Murray if he oversleeps. You think they they're, you think their there's duties. a uh, inside job that for uh, Austin Kendall hired out people <laughs> to make the alarm uh, not go off in the morning? Because well, let seemed, us, let's let's see what Colin Coward says tomorrow. Well, Monday, yeah, dumbass, be talking. I'm sure, but it 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 just seemed weird to me, like the way that he said that we faced some adversity and. I don't know. It, it was just strange. The the one thing about man, of course, Ryan Aber requested him Tuesday evening, and Mike Houck. And I said this when said, it happened. There's a re. He said there's a reason. There's a valid reason. I think that's how he phrased it. Why Kenneth? He Mann, said I did everything I could. And, well, he said there's a reason why Kenneth Mann is not here tonight. This was beyond when he said he did what he could. And to I help, said at the to time, I said he's probably hurt. And I said, you know, maybe Army took it out of these guys. Once they the adrenaline yeah. wore, wore you know wore off, uh yeah so I 
I think they'll both play. And I mean, I can't imagine. Kenneth Mann had such a great game in that game a year ago. Uh, he was, I think he got the pressure that Oboe ended up getting the uh, interception out of midair, maybe. Yeah, he did. Um, and, uh, down yeah. at the Cotton Bowl? Uh-huh. Yeah. Wait, you talking Bedlam? No, no uh, I'm talking Red uh, River. Cotton Bowl. But he didn't, but man hit Mason Rudolph that Oboe ended up picking oh, it maybe off. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Are you guys both thinking of the wrong game at the same time? I think the same thing happened at OU Texas. Unless it was somebody Shit, else I besides man. I can't remember. I thought Oboe had a pick. Come on, Josh. Texas. Josh, chime in here. I I know man had a sack against Texas. I remember I remember there's he had a really good game. But there's their... someone yeah. yelling at me right now. <laughs> there's someone out there that's watched that game seven thousand times that knows every play that's just like those are the people that always get the maddest. I'm like, dude, I covered the game and then I never watched it again. Okay. So I don't have a photographic memory like you do. Because you've seen it 7,000 times during the offseason. Okay, no, so I was wrong, too. Kenneth Mann had three tackles, three solos. I don't remember him doing that. one quarterback hurt. I don't remember him doing no anything sack. against Texas. I remember Obo like, falling down from ex- exhaustion yeah. time yeah. and time again in the fourth oh, quarter. Yeah. The, and there were no interceptions by anyone on Oklahoma's roster in that game. Right. All right. Fine. All right. It's Bedlam. Get all it, uppity. That's it fine. was a huge play in Bedlam, though. But... Just just to remember, Oboe had five quarterback hurries along with a sack in that game. But you weren't there, Josh. Whose stock is up and whose stock is down? It's time for the AMC Mortgage uh, Stock it. Report. It's, I, I loaded the wrong thing. I, I burned you so hard, Josh. I was getting ready to just cut and you, you out. Like, and you like mic dropped me as well. Like I couldn't even retaliate. Like it was just to the, <laughs> oh crap, we're a new segment. And I don't know what I'm doing here, so I don't know when I'm supposed to talk and when I'm not. It's, it's just awful. I'm messing everything no, up. No, I mean, this is just like, I mean, this is really no different than the unofficial 40. We got segments. Okay. We got uh, stock reports, which is the most popular segment uh, segment of the show. Whose stock is up and whose stock is down? It's time for the AMC Mortgage Stock Report. If you're on the move, check in with AMC Mortgage for all your home loan needs. All right, it's time for the Stock Report, brought to you by Cal McCord with AMC Mortgage, uh, NMLS number 1256166, an equal housing opportunity lender. Uh, Kyle's a personal friend of mine. Uh, he's done loans for a lot of my uh, on-air colleagues. Uh, he loves Oklahoma. In fact, uh, I man, I don't want to give too much. I always want to say something. I don't want to give too much away. Uh, um, I want people to have a little bit of mystery. But he's been originating loans in Oklahoma uh, for over 16 years. Uh, in addition to just standard, conventional, FHA and VA and jumbo financing, they also specialize in in first-time home buyers and loans requiring de- down payment assistance. Now, give them a call, 405-623-3802. That's 405-623-3802. It's Kyle McCord with AMC Mortgage. And if you're looking for a new home uh, or uh, need some financing help, give them a call, 405-623-3802. And guys, uh, Josh, will let you... Take your maiden voyage into stock up and stock down and nominate uh, anyone. Uh, we'd like one of each uh, that you can call today. Uh, and if you still, if you steal uh, Trey Brown, I'm going to stab you in the neck. But go ahead and make your picks. 
Well, up is I'm going to take the one that I think everyone's going to want to grab, and that's Kennedy Brooks. I mean, I, I agree completely with what we were talking about earlier. He looks like a potential feature back, and I, I think that's something where Trey Sermon's such a great change of pace. I just don't know that he's ever going to be the number one guy that OU needs. Um, as far as stock down for me, probably a little bit of Parnell Motley. Like I just. I kind of keep waiting for him to become that guy that we heard about two years ago as a difference maker, and I'm, I'm just not seeing it. I, I see a guy that he's okay. He's not killing Oklahoma or anything, but he's just not making many plays, and he, he's, a, he's a mediocre tackler at best. Don't you think that has a lot to do with his size too, though? Oh, sure. I mean, some of it – and it's same deal with Trey Norwood, Kerry. I mean, he's oh, like – yeah. I mean, you put him on Jalen Hurd, how the hell is he supposed to make that play? Jalen Hurd's a monster. Although it is weird that they played him a lot at running back today when he's, you know, all we heard was he was leaving to make the switch to receiver. Well, he's he's played running back quite a bit for Baylor so far. But he's been used also as receiver, and that's where he's starting to really make his, his, his mark. But I think they probably looked, hey, he had success. Doing this when he's at Tennessee, why not give you know give it a whirl here? All right, uh, Bob, your stock up, stock down. Same position, up. Lee Morris down. Grant Calcaterra, where Calcaterra just might not be better than Lee Morris. Is that amazing to say that Calcaterra just might not be? He had the drop for Austin Kendall, and then he had the touchdown catch, which was an incredible catch. We all know that. Then. Whatever the injury was, and he comes back in the second half and has the drop. I mean, Lee, you know, Lee Morris just catches everything, takes him to the end zone. I, I don't know what to think of Calcaterra after five games. Eddie, man, he stole I, your. Thunder. Everybody took everybody took the good ones. Uh, <laughs> there there are no there are none left. Uh, let's go. I mean, we well, gotta go have s- somebody that's got. I mean, like. There's Ronnie Perkins. People. Yeah. Mar- uh, well, you can't give him all his. Yeah, you can't do his homework I like for him. That. I like that. Uh, Thank I'm, you, Josh. I'm throwing a, no, I'm just, I took one from him. So that's I, a, you know, that's a North Oklahoma Oklahoma City it, thing. You know, whatever. Mar- I feel you on that. I'm you know what? Go, I enjoy going last because it's a challenge. I'll go, I'll go Ronnie, I'll go Ronnie <laughs> Perkins. That, he is a guy that it's becoming increasingly obvious that he needs to be on the field as much as possible. And I think that he's a guy that. Uh, you know, he can move the pocket a little bit. Obviously, he can get after the quarterback, and I think that that's going to be really important moving forward. Uh, he's just a guy that even when you just see him out there, it's like that's what that's what the guy should look like. That's what defensive tackles at this level should look like, and I, I thought he's been impressive. Uh, well, it'll be interesting how he plays in a big game, but usually those are the types of guys that kind of rise to the top when uh, – when it gets to nut cutting time. So I'm going to go with Ronnie Perkins. Do I have to go stock down as well? <laughs> sure. Uh, stock down. Let's go. Let's go Neville Gallimore. He's still just like, let's stay on the defensive line. He's just he's there. Still, he's just another guy. He's not necessarily doing a whole lot. And I, I think that, you know, he certainly, I thought that yeah, Neville one Gallimore of the, was going to have the type of season that, Ronnie Perkins is having. Does that make sense? He has. We have a pro football focused uh, in. Uh, he had the second worst grade among all the starters. Only Kenneth Murray was worse. Which I think Kenneth Murray's get, really getting dinged here because all those Jermichael Hasty, Hasty whiffs yeah. that he had. And he missed the quarterback a little bit. I mean, 
He could have played better. He he had a, a bunch of tackles. I'll go with my stock up. Man, I could actually get two in here if I wanted to. Go ahead. Uh, Caleb Kelly, stock up. All I right. thought he played really well. Uh, was all over the field. He a little bit um, probably overhyped because of the big hits that he had, especially the one on Charlie Brewer. Uh, but I I just I mean, man, I I I'll be honest. I don't think the red shirt plan is is a good idea it's not happening he has one game left he's gonna play in one more game he's gonna play i just don't i mean he's he's a good enough talent with all these kids like i mean look at all these kids that leave early that don't get drafted now i mean you think caleb kelly's not gonna be a guy you you think he wants to stay around here five years to go to the nfl i think even after last if, if they don't play him this year my guess is even though he might take over the starting position for curtis bolton next year that no matter what kind of year he has, he puts his name in the NFL draft. And if if Kelly uh, doesn't play, like I don't know what would happen to Curtis Bolton the rest of the way. We're now not even halfway through the season, and we're already starting to see a little bit of signs that he's just on the field way too much. Is there? And no, it's just not necessary. Is there no possible way that they can get both of those guys on the field at the same time? I mean, is that mm. they'd have to move him to strong side? Linebacker. That's probably not going to happen. Right? And when it's in the Big Twelve, in the Big Twelve, now they're in the Big Twelve. You don't need them. Yeah, yeah that's the Ryan Jones spot where it's like, well, you're not really going to need it. True enough. Uh, my stock down. Don't you say Carson Meyer? I wasn't, but man, <laughs> now no, now you should. I've got my stock down. I had it before my stock up, and I hate doing this because he's been so good. But Cody Ford's stock went down today. He did not. He had a penalty. Uh, I think he might have had a f- personal foul, but he did not have a particularly good day today against not great competition. I don't know what's going on with him, but it was just an off day for him. And Bill Bedenboe told us last week he's been his most consistent performer. So stock down. Sorry, Cody, but stock down for you. Is there any reason? I mean... Do we need to play an outro here? I mean, is there any reason to be worried about the offensive line? They have to get a running back. They have to have a running game with a running back. I mean, this was an offensive line the last two years. They were known for being able to do whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted, to whoever they wanted. And they don't have that reputation anymore. And it's not because they don't have good players. It's because they don't, they don't run the football on a consistent basis. I... I almost hate seeing this team that way. You know, we had the knock on Baylor getting 153 yards of offense in the fourth quarter. The Sooners had 87 rushing yards in the fourth quarter. They only had 88 through the first three when the game was and that's actually because of Kennedy Brooks, right? When the game was actually being played, they only had 88 yards. That that's a good. If you were going to say Kennedy Brooks needs X touches against Texas, how many would you say? Still hard for me to gauge him I because mean, he like, did so much damage. What did Trey Sermon have today? Six, eight. He had eight eight carries for nineteen yards. The long of eight. They're not giving anybody double digit touches. It's just weird. It's like I mean, they Lincoln calls so much stuff in the run game for Kyler. It doesn't. They don't ever get anything going with the running back. It's just, but it's so much fun to watch, Kyle. It is. It uh, is. A couple of those runs today, the third and twelve, where he 
got back into the middle of the field. He's the most dynamic part of their running game. There's no doubt about the it. fumbled snap, and he takes uh, it 20 yards. I was fixing to say, that fumbled snap probably should have gotten some talk for play of the game. It will be in my top, my top five plays <laughs> tomorrow morning. That, can, I mean, he the, the play is botched. He fumbles the snap. Everything's out of line. He picks the ball up off the ground, and a 22-yard run was a disappointing result for what could have come out of that play. Because you know he, he wanted a touchdown. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and he was a breath away from having it. I mean, it, it was – that was that was ridiculous. You know who would there's, have been able to make that no play? There's no other quarterback that makes that play in, in college football. Landry Jones would not have been able to make that play. <laughs> we Landry had this Jones discussion. Got back to the line of we had this discussion down on the field. Wait, what? Landry Jones would have fell on the ball. It would have popped out of his stomach. And then <laughs> and the Baylor defensive lineman would have picked it up and, pick, and, and fat guy touchdowned it. Well, but we wouldn't have known at the time that it would it actually popped out because of his massive tattoo work. And it was a little tender when he fell on it. So, you <laughs> know, it true. was just... It's true. <laughs> we never miss a shot at Landry Jones. God. Yeah. Well, We're you know what? Bastards. Everybody's going to go to church in the morning, and okay. he's going to pray for us, and everything will be all, – all ills will be righted. Are you sure you're okay to drive home, Eddie? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, I am uh, bad because my Oktoberfest ran out a long time ago, so that means it's time to end the show. Uh, Josh – Thanks for being a part of our first, or your first podcast, your Josh, first post game. Josh, with a win like that, get blood all and the place. visitors they have in town, change your mind at all about what Sunday and Monday could look like? Not really. I, and, I, and I've kind of talked to a few people already, just kind of getting some early feedback, and it sounds like everything's going really well. You know, I know, Bob, you confirmed, you know, everybody came in, everybody, you know, there was no late changes on the official visitor list. Um, but from what I hear, everything's going well. So, I mean, we'll see. Usually it's more Sunday morning when I start hearing, okay, something might pop here, that kind of thing. So we'll, we'll see, you know, they'll go out and, you know, party and have a good time tonight. We'll, we'll kind of know once everybody starts to uh, wake up if, um, you know, if it's just a hangover or something actually might come, come about tomorrow. Anybody want to guess on the number that everyone is always obsessed with now? The missed uh, miss tackles. Miss tackles for this game. Nine. I'm going to go six. I like that nine, so I'm going to go 11. So we all thought that it was a relatively good game. I mean, there were some missed tackles here and there, but overall it was a relatively clean tackle Yeah, it just game. looked like it was glaring when it actually Woo! happened. I just Guess saw what? It. It's wow. 20. What? what? 20. I think that's the highest of the year. Jesus Christ! Did they watch twenty twenty? Did they watch the game in Ames? I mean, they had a hundred snaps on yeah, offense. That's true. Twenty. That's a yeah, lot. Harden had three. Broyles had three. And everything Murray they do three. is in space. I mean, Broyles did miss quite. That's what I'm saying about Broyles. He either gotcha or he wasn't even close. I was impressed. Buki early in the game, they threw a little screen to the side. He actually he did a bodied the guy up, and he, he did didn't a pretend fan. like he was gonna. Go in there and knock his block. Well, he did off. a great job of of not being blocked on it, yeah. So that way he could. And then make he the held tackle. the guy up. I yep. mean, he was trying to tackle him, but yep. eventually other people got to it. So, wow, that's that's really 20. surprising. Yeah, twenty. That's got to be the most surprise because I I I would never have thought that. I want to know if there's different guys doing different games, and these people that are tracking missed tackles on this one weren't the same people. They were like in, offensive guys or yeah, something? Yeah, that were in Ames two two weeks ago. Because Ames, I felt, was a lot bigger errors were being made. It was, being what, 13? 
You always wonder, though, Bob, like how much of your opinion is affected by – because, I mean, you know, unless you're keeping count, and I'm certainly not, how, how much of it is, like, my perception? Because the tackling in, in Ames, it was at the worst times. You know, Parnell Motley's one-on-one with Akeem Butler. Oh, okay, they missed that one. You know, like, it, it seemed like the tackles are so huge that you tend to think, okay, it was awful all the way. But like we talked about in the pod, you know, or at least – we talked about the midweek pod after that one. Um, it was you take those two big misses out, and that it wasn't that bad of a defensive performance against Iowa State. It wasn't great, but it wasn't as bad as it seemed. By the way, uh, any quick thoughts on Big Twelve play today before we get out of here? I think Texas. <laughs> so wait, and I don't want to nineteen fourteen. I don't want to say they turned Texas the corner by any means. They were up nineteen nothing, and Texas then didn't what score. Happened? Texas didn't score happened? in the second half. Yeah. Kansas State scored fourteen points. I don't get that. I think it's going to be a hell of a game next weekend. I know you look at Ellinger's numbers; they are just dreadful. Like, like twenty nine of thirty six for two oh seven and a touchdown. I mean, twenty nine completions for two oh seven. I mean, you would never see that in Norman. I can tell you we're going to find out if Oklahoma can win a game in the the low the high 20s low 30s. They're not going to put up 50 on Texas. Yeah. That defense yeah. is really good. I, I I think Texas is starting to play a little bit better just, you know, I it, I would even go as far to say throughout the Maryland game. I I think they're starting to play a little bit better. They beat a terrible USC team, but uh, they've done what they needed to do. A Texas team over the last 10 years would have gone up to Manhattan today and gotten beat by a program that is being drugged down by an old man. But <laughs> Let's not get into the ages stuff again. It's not. It has not. Well, it has everything to do with age. They should take his name off the stadium because it's embarrassing what they're he's doing to that program. But uh, well, the, did you see they took him out and immediately the kid went down the field? Yeah, imagine that they're playing uh, the wrong quarterback. Uh, by the way, the uh, other thing, West Virginia did exactly what I thought yeah, they would do today. They they let up and almost got beat. Right. Well, yes, but. Texas Tech, I and that was without Bowman in there. They're better, but I mean, I I don't put a whole lot into that win. That was about what Oklahoma State. Texas do Tech last was getting their asses whipped. I mean, right. three quarters of that game. Right. But I will say, West Virginia is improved defensively. That's that's not a bad defense. They're not great. They're not what some people were trying to make them out to be. But they're they're okay. They always are this time of year. That's fair. They do that tend to wear, wear down. And I think that's part of it. I mean, it's kind of like we talked about with OU with their depth. West Virginia has even less than Oklahoma. They don't have, they have even fewer front-line type guys. By the way, and I by think, the end of the season, they're worn down. I think the worst thing possible happened for, for Oklahoma State today. Just they played, played a well. crappy team, and Taylor Cornelius went out and played lights out. Yeah, I think, I think you're probably right on that's that. That's just like fool's gold. Yeah, I think you're probably right. All the, right, that's... Oh, by the way... Uh, just looking over scores from around the country, uh, Louisiana Tech twenty nine, North Texas twenty seven. La Tech gets everybody em. was on North Texas this hmm. week, hmm. <laughs> except for you, huh? I don't <laughs> think Mason Fine's going to be winning the Heisman. <laughs> How dumb is that? Well, that's not a that's a small group of people. It's it's still asinine to even put it out there. The, it's kind. Of, would the you say small or singular? The, the quarterback, what we know about the Heisman Trophy, the quarterback from North Texas should never even be mentioned to be in that. Sorry. I think Mackenzie Milton needs to be mentioned more. Yeah, he's from Central Florida. He's not going to be invited. He's really good. He might be really good, but he, should he be shouldn't invited. go to Central Florida. Right now, I'd put him oh, number one. You got Tua, well, you got Murray, you got Greer. How many, how many did you have before we came <laughs> over here? <laughs> 
You'd put who? You'd put Milton number one. Yes, he that's, just said it. That's asinine. Right now, 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 if Tua keeps doing what he did or what he's doing, Kyler Murray's the best quarterback in the country. I, it's it's hard to argue that. He's I wouldn't argue against you. Him, just I did. You said is, Milton. Mackenzie well, no, Milton is amazing. I agree with where Kerry's going though, because Tua. Because Look, if Mackenzie Milton leaves, leads UCF to two straight undefeated regular seasons, well, he should be in New York. New York. I don't have a problem with that. Him being a finalist—that's okay. Eddie's he full goes, of, mouth goes, is full. He goes of to free Central pizza. Florida. He's not going to be invited to New York. All right, that's going to do it for the pod because Eddie and I are not going to scream at each other. If, if they invite Mackenzie Milton over oh, again, yes. Ed Oliver, yes. that is the most that's the most criminal over thing. Over Ed Oliver? Please. Ed Oliver's the best player in the country. Well, he's going to get. It's not really close. He's going to get paid. You know, he's going to get paid. He's going to get it in money. Like he, the Heisman's not for him. See, the, mon- the money is for him. But yeah, that's cool. But he probably is already me, getting money. Like an O nine and down. You think Fertitta's not paying him? Yeah, he's set up for Tita's going to set him up for life, give him investing Josh, you think opportunities. Josh, you think Kelly Bryant tries to transfer to Clemson this week? That, <laughs> you know that kid's feeling like, oh, I've just screwed everything up horribly. Um, I guarantee Dabo Sweeney goes and tries to recruit him to, tomorrow. Oh, yeah. To come back. Come back, sit out of here. Come on. And I, and I I love that Dab, Dabo. I guess he hasn't technically transferred. Like, yeah, oh, rejoined. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did did he get out of school? Did he get out? If he, but if it's just a concussion for Trevor Lawrence. Oh, is that all it was? I think so. I don't think you can. That was so nasty. You can yeah. say concussion. Uh, it's got to be more than Clemson's that. Clemson's not as good as they were two years ago, and I don't know if they're as good as they were last year. Their defense is really good. Luckily, their defensive line is really good. Their, their secondary is awful. They're they would not last in the Big 12. They're not going to play a ranked team, I don't think, until yeah, I think you're eight, right. the championship game. Well, Ohio State, I mean, have you seen their schedule now that they got past Penn oh, State? Oh, it's Cupcake City. Oh, my God. Oh, get ready, folks. Them and Notre Dame would be the talk of the town because they beat. I saw Bryce Love got hurt tonight. That's interesting. <laughs> First time for everything. <laughs> what yeah. a shocker. What a shocker. <laughs> I, a who was it? It was um, one of the – oh, uh, uh, oh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, one of the national sports writers was like, his notoriously frail ankles were hurt again tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever that is, I, they just went up in my book. <laughs> all right. Uh, we got to get uh, the hell out of here because I got to still upload this shit tonight. So, all right. all right. Thanks, guys, for being a part of it. Thanks, Josh, for being a part of it. You're welcome back anytime. I don't know. I don't. Sunday after. We're gonna let the people judge if that's sincere. I'm I'm not sure. I love this podcast. Um, We will say this uh, next week. We'll be doing the podcast on Sunday because uh, it'll. All we can tell you is it'll be out Monday morning by the time you're going to work. So uh, just because of schedules and. uh, By the way, Bob, condolences. uh, Appreciate it. Thank uh, you. Thoughts to you and your family. Uh, Your grandfather passed away, um, and uh, I know you're gonna go up and see your dad and. And uh, we were talking about with uh, DSKOU the other day, uh, you know, his dad passed in the middle of the game, but um, just being there for your dad, I know it will help you feel better, and I'm glad that you're going to get a chance to go up and do that. So uh, we'll be thinking about you and your family this week. Yeah, I will not be a part of the unofficial 40, but I will be back in time for Saturday morning. 
All right. Well, that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast. We'll be back uh, on Wednesday for another edition of the Unofficial 40. Make sure you subscribe to both uh, the Eskridge Lexus Oklahoma Sooners postgame. Look it up in iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And Oklahoma Sooners Unofficial 40. Those are our two podcasts. Go like, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, we're due some rating and review uh, reads. Maybe we can do that Wednesday with Bob gone because there are some genuine gems out there. Uh, so thanks, Josh, for joining us. Thanks to Eddie. Thanks to Bob. I'm Kerry Murdoch. We'll see you guys next week after the Red River rivalry. A huge game coming up this week. See you then.